0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: It's Larry hey, sir, and um, welcome to Tuesday Topics, everyone. I'm Paul Edwards. Um, at the moment, my co-host hasn't quite made it, but I'm sure he'll be here shortly, Um And uh, our our host tonight, the person who is going to be handling stuff for us, is Marianne Grignon. So welcome, Marianne. Thank you. Congratulations on the promotion. Thank you. (laughs) Larry is is with us, so um, but he won't be for very long. And our stream our streamer tonight is is uh, Rick. And Brian has just arrived. That's very good. So tonight, um, as I indicated in in the uh, announcement that I put out, I thought that it would be appropriate for us to talk about housing. And I I think there are so many aspects of housing that we can talk about um, that it isn't that it isn't funny. And I thought that it might be interesting for me to start talking a little bit. By the way, hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, to to talk a little bit about my recent experience, where I've just sold a house and just bought a house, um, and uh, kind of the the doing of that as a blind person. When the last time I did that was in nineteen ninety five. And at that point, there, was, there, there were huge amounts of signings that were required, and every, every component of the, of the title deed had to be initialed, and various things had to happen. And it was a half an hour, 45-minute process, um, and, and was no fun. Um, this time um, when when I sold my house I actually stopped in and did something similar but all of the decisions that were made about selling my house and all of the the stuff that that involved buying my house <clears throat> was done utilizing documents that were sent to me via uh, email and that required the use of um, inaccessible um, signing elements and initialing elements so that I don't think that I could have bought my house um, without assistance um, from my daughter. Um, It was was simply not possible um, for me to, to make this stuff work uh, on the phone, um, and so I found that kind of interesting in that, whereas before everybody went to a real estate office or a title company um, to sign things, they almost never do anymore. And probably that's one of the things that we can thank COVID for. Um, so that's that's an interesting first experience. Um, Brian did you did you have a similar experience to mine buying buying your house because you did it a long time ago as well
2: I bought this home 32 years ago yeah and and it was a shocker to me in different ways first off I bought my first home in Oregon and it was relatively easy meaning there were few people involved in it the seller their real estate agent my real estate agent and me so it was pretty simple in that respect what was you know and and again so many of the documents that i was expected to put my john hancock on were fully inaccessible to me so my real estate agent became my reader yep. for a lot of documents before I put my name on it. Did it, bought the house. Then we got a jobs out here in Massachusetts, moved out here, bought a condominium. And that time, there were two new players around the table. A lawyer for the bank, mm-hmm. whose fee, by the way, I got to pay. Of course <laughs> <you did. laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, somebody from the title company as well. So, and I was paying everybody to be there. So I found that annoying, but it was still inaccessible. Still, I'd have things read to me. And then when I bought this house, having sold that condo, um, it was still, well, again, what was the internet like and accessible documents like 30 years ago? not accessible, simply not accessible. So having said all of that, the fact of the matter is that um, it wasn't accessible down the line. I expect to sell this place in the next five years and uh, hope that things will be better then. I will tell you though, that there's been such progress in e-document access and signing. I Uh use an app called DocuSign uh, that allows me to sign things electronically um, fairly fairly easily, but I have to make sure that I select a firm that will support my accessibility needs. Exactly. And, and that, that's another thing you ought to do when you go shopping for finance and for a real estate agent, that they get it, that that's an important part of doing this. I would mm-hmm. not agree to work with anybody who didn't agree that accessibility to me mattered. Yep.
1: Miss Marion, any any anything to add in terms of your experience? Because I think you guys just bought a, or relatively recently bought a house mm-hmm. on the west coast of Florida.
3: I, I've been through the real estate process a number of times, and um, in um, we did the DocuSign thing as well, and I found mm-hmm. it pretty accessible. Um, but we also met. Um, we did a few of the documents were done by DocuSign, but we actually met in the realist in the title company's office. Huh? So it was my uh-huh. realtor, just my realtor. That's the other thing that's really interesting. So it was my realtor and the um, me and him and the title the the um, people from the title company. Uh, one woman and the people who from whom we bought the home um, signed a different day. So I've—it's been a long time since I've been in the same room with the seller,
1: right? Um, and 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 I wasn't—I um, wasn't when I bought my this house either. Um, and and they were desperate to, to to get it signed, so we actually ended up ended up closing sooner than we were supposed to. Um, so it was interesting, but but we are at all three of us, as a matter of fact. Um, and I, I should really ask Rick, Rick, are you, are you a home owner as well?
0: Yes, I am, Paul. Sure. I ah. am.
4: Nice.
1: And same kind of experiences as we've had really.
0: Yeah. We bought, we bought this house back in 91 uh, and, you know, I got it. It's, it's hard to remember all the way back then, but. Yeah, it was a very elaborate signing process, I remember that, mm-hmm. and, you know, having to in- initial virtually every page of, of the documents.
1: Right. And and I can't remember how many how many documents, in fact, I had to sign, how many copies I had to sign, because it wasn't just, I think I had to sign three different copies of, of, of the thing, one yeah. for the buyer and one for the seller and one for the title company, too. It was yep. bizarre. Yep. yep. We're at the so we're at one end of the spectrum. Um most blind people are at the other end of the spectrum. I, I am amazed at um, uh, how many blind people aim to own their own home or their own condo. Um and, and and for for how many people that becomes a really major exercise, something that that people really aim to do. But the truth is we should know and we do know that the other end of the spectrum is that people who are blind are part of the poorest uh, population in our country. That is folks with disabilities who have um, very (laughs) little likelihood of owning their own home and who often... um, Would benefit immensely from subsidized housing. So that's one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. To what extent is subsidized housing open to and available to people who are blind? And what are the advantages and disadvantages that operate um, for folks who are trying to get involved in? um, subsidized housing.
2: So, um, so I, I absolutely agree that that's an important thing. I want to mm-hmm. step in and say, sure, there are homeowners, there are condo owners, which has anybody who owns a condo knows, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. can be a quite different lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and there are regular renters as well as those who, financially are in a position where they can't handle rents directly. So they deal with subsidized housing in some fashion as a result of a combination of their finances and for that matter, their disability as well. And I'm gonna throw in a third aspect, age. Uh, I asked the other day, uh, what's the average age of a blind person in the United States? 71 Oh, that's the average age so half of our population would are never over have 71 that. years of age um, so if half of them are over 71 years of age we know that uh, statistically through um, national eye institute the other thing we know is that the vast majority of people who are blind have not been blind since birth. Um, it's an age process. So the majority of those people over 71 are late comers to the experience we know as blindness and mm-hmm. low vision and all that kind of thing. So that plays a part in our community's um, housing issues. Paperwork, paperwork. Paperwork. Even if you don't go and buy a home to get housing, you have to do paperwork. Um, Prove that you prove your income, prove your disability, prove your age to uh, individuals and through organizations that are not by their nature for the blind entities, the cross disability.
1: Right, and we but should probably say, specific. we should probably say that you don't only have to do paperwork, but really, if you're going to be successful at finding housing nowadays, you have to do online work as well.
3: That's correct.
1: Without, I, mean, a I yeah, I mean, I don't think I I would never have found the house that I ended up buying um, uh, with just paperwork. I had, the, in fact. Really the truth is that the only place you can find out what's for sale is online anymore.
3: Absolutely. Can I make an observation?
1: You can. Okay. Go for Thank it. Thank
3: you. So if you're if if in and I don't doubt it, um the average age of a person with, who is blind is 71. There are a lot of interesting um um indications. Like that that has that says a lot, has a lot of its own um Indications. So like if their average age is 71, it's possible that they were in their home already when they lost their vision. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. If they're over 71, then, you know, possibly they're married to a sighted spouse and that person does much of the work Yep. as opposed to that other half, the younger Mm -hmm. half, you know, who, who are, um, you know, doing it maybe for the first time. Um, us people who have been blind all our lives and are doing it for the first time. It's a whole different, um, right? right? Exactly.
2: There's just a, we keep saying the only thing blind people have in common is blindness. That's absolutely true. So otherwise we're like the rest of the population in almost all other respects. People want to stay in their own homes. That includes blind people. And if a blind person One of the reasons they'd like to stay where they live is they have visual memory of it. Mm -hmm. They lived in that house when they could see. And so that one of their fears is, I won't be able to get around if I were to move out of this space. Uh, There's also another group that matters and that is those who are now living in nursing homes and the like care facilities of one kind or another because they and their family didn't believe that they could live independently anymore because of blindness uh not oh. because of the lack of blindness skills you know uh you there are programs uh, i know here in massachusetts we have quite a bit of effort to help people with disabilities stay in their homes and I- for elders that's frequently training and some fall prevention uh, intervention. We have a program here uh, funded by the state for people who have expertise to come to your home, put in grab bars in the shower, uh, make sure there's not a lot of uh, throw rugs on the floor, that the stove has been properly marked, so it's
4: accessible to them, things like that. Um, But most people who are blind are not part of the blindness system. Here in Massachusetts,
2: they estimate there's 120,000 legally blind people, but the best database of their names, which is, the Braille and Talking Book Library because it's a free service and they need a proper address in order to send you things and they can weed you out if it's mail's not deliverable, is only 20,000. So one in five people are identifiable by what they do and what they interact with in terms of blindness-related services. So the vast majority of the people we're concerned about are also those who just don't see themselves as part of the blindness community or system.
4: And
1: in painting a a picture of the blind population in housing, we probably need to talk about folks at the other end of the spectrum. That is folks who are finishing high school or finishing college and are looking for the first time to live on their own. And it is almost certain that these folks are going to be in the same position that their peers are, which is, and, and, and this is supported by statistics, it is about twice uh, as unlikely <coughs> that folks... Coming out of college now will acquire a home um, as as it was twenty years ago um, for a variety of reasons the price of of houses the uh, the the cost of of um, of mortgages and and a variety of other things uh, seem to very clearly indicate that folks. Um, who are blind uh, are going to be the same as folks who can see and who are part of the general population and buying a house is just not an option so they are they are going to end up being renters so their housing is is never going to is not likely these days um, to be houses that
2: are owned and that's scary it is scary for A a lot of reasons, one of which, quite honestly, is while you may not be able to pull together the somewhere between 10 and 20% necessary for a down payment, and you may not qualify because of your income for a mortgage for the balance of the cost of that, um, rents have gone up incredibly in recent years. in San Francisco, the rent has gone up 50% in the last three years. I don't know about you, but when I was a renter, I, having my rent go up 50%, I was going to have to move. There was no well, way I could have handled that in, in my budget, that's for sure.
1: The rents rents are high in San Francisco. Um
2: but, oh no! But this but, isn't but, just a San Francisco thing. I just right. heard that one this evening on the news.
1: But but so are so are our salaries in San Francisco, in in Miami and in other Florida cities, um, rents have gone up by the same amount, and and in some communities even more than that. In Miami, um, over the last two years, rents have risen 140 percent. It's just exactly. amazing.
2: So we are not living in the days when anybody uh, on this panel have experienced anything like that. No. There is also a growing housing shortage in general. Mm -hmm. Builders are not building. Uh, And when you see a lot of construction out there, you're not seeing it in neighborhoods. You're seeing upgrades of houses. You know, we we
3: for, for for how many years have the price has the price of houses gone up without salaries keeping up with that? I mean oh. years and years and years. Yep. At a least a the last two question. decades. Yep. At least. And the so other
1: sorry, the the other the other interesting thing is. And and it's another factor that operates for people who are blind is where are new houses being built? They aren't being built in the heart of cities for the most part. They're being built on the outskirts of cities where transportation may not operate. So that even if people could afford to buy a new house, they can't live there because they can't get anywhere unless they're going to rely on things like Uber and Lyft.
2: Absolutely. We're always in real estate the words were location 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 that's the number one thing about housing where is it located how far out do you have to live in order to afford to buy and that frequently results in you becoming isolated so you're having to balance the cost the availability and the accessibility in terms of public transportation or Transportation systems of any kind. So I have a, a friend here in Massachusetts who bought a place. It was uh, he worked hard to come up with the money to buy a condo, and it's an it's a nice one bedroom condo that he paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for five years ago, and it is at the extreme end of a commuter rail uh, system. So he though has to leave for work two hours in advance to be there on time.
4: Oh my goodness. Because
2: the transit systems, especially uh, commuter rails, go to the center of the hub, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have to go back out. And if going back out, isn't a direct thing then you get to transfer at least once from one bus to another and you have to hope that the whole system is on time and you know so that's what he had to do (laughs) two hour commute one way one way Uh, that's just astounding to me (laughs) it it, it just boggles boggles the mind
1: yeah it does
2: so I think that probably
1: within about two minutes or so, Miss Marianne, we're uh-huh. gonna we're gonna open it up and and see where people <clears throat> would like to jump in. I'm not I'm not gonna ask a particular question. I don't know if Brian oh. is yet. Nope. But we are going to stop um, at some point and and probably not too long from now and talk about subsidized housing because that's an entirely different issue. And I want to talk about. Um, what uh, something that really surprised me this summer um, at at the ACB convention and and then talk about um, talk about subsidized housings and some of the pros and cons that 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 operate there. And there are a whole bunch of questions um that i that I think we need to put out there for folks to look at. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what people think. but let's see. Who would like to jump in and talk about housing and perhaps some of their experiences with that?
3: We have Ms. Deborah Marianne. White. We have Deborah Ms.
1: White. Hey, Miss Deborah.
5: Hello. Um, hey, your Deborah. conversation is very interesting. And I happen to be right in the middle of this right now myself. I just sold my condo about a year ago, and I've moved, and I'm buying a house, trying to buy a house right now. But, um, and a lot of the struggles that you guys have, I've had the same ones. Um, I um, One thing I've done is I interview a number of real estate agents, and I tell them that I am blind, and I'm going to need some assistance from them. And so I want to make sure that they know this up front, and that they're willing to provide that for me. And that seems to have helped, but with the documents that have same difficulties that you guys have, but Mm -hmm. one thing I'm really running into with trying to buy a house, I am in a very hot market and I am in the, um, in order to be able to get transportation, I am in one of the most expensive suburbs. Oh (laughs) dear. There is. So I have to really be, uh, Watching the housing market, you know, and having my realtor um, help me watch it for me over the next year. But one of the things that I have been having some problems and I would hope that ACB and some of their could push for some better accessibility on the websites of um, like Redfin and Zillow. They're all pictures and hardly know words and I am totally blind. So uh, that's very difficult. So the only one so far that I've found that I can use at all is realtor.com. And it has at least a lot of details about the property. I still need someone to describe the pictures for me, but it will um, tell me like uh, a lot of things that the house has. So that at least helps to know whether i'm even interested at all or not
2: right. number of bedrooms number of bathrooms total square footage size of lot yes those
5: kinds of things, right? yes how old it is uh, is it mm-hmm. fenced um all those different kind of things yes
1: one of the things that um that some real estate folks will agree to and it can sometimes be helpful <clears throat> is if you give them parameters they will actually look online and gather them for you and send them to you as as emails and then what you can do um is you can go into the the one accessible app that you found like realtor.com and put in the address and generally find some information about that spot so
5: that is you, i have i have <clears throat> asked my realtors i've told them that's one thing that i need them to do and then exactly. also then once I look at it and I think I might be interested, then to go through and help describe, you know, the the house and the yes. property. Yeah,
2: yep. Well, and, and again, um, it's not an unreasonable expectation on the part of a buyer because that real estate agent, if a sale occurs, is going to make a significant amount of money.
5: Yes, exactly. So
2: this is this is how they earn that money. I don't know if yes to paying it, to be honest with you, but I, I do demand a certain level of service.
5: Yes, me too. <laughs> yes, uh, my and their fee is not small. So no. I don't think no. it's unreasonable to ask for that service.
1: And, and I, I don't think I have found in, in well, sorry, except in one situation, I, 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 I have found that real estate people behave themselves for the most part. Um, I think I had, I had one situation where I was trying to sell a house relatively quickly and signed a document with a with real estate company that I had worked with before um, and, and who I actually thought the people I worked with were friends of mine. And, and they, they charged uh, well above the going rate in terms of what, what they earned on selling my house. Instead of six percent, they they charged me eight.
5: Oh, my my gosh, and
1: I was very angry. Um, but but and 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 they I don't know that they would have done it to um to uh, other people, yeah. I just don't so I think it very much had to do with the fact that I was blind. So,
3: yeah,
2: it can happen that way, it absolutely can.
1: Um, I
3: have an interesting question. Sorry, Brian. Sure, go ahead. Well, because I, um, in the last few years, have bought and sold and um, I always get those emails that you're talking about, and they have some right. very good descriptions. So I wonder they if do. your realtor somehow thinks you can't access them, and maybe you should be a little more forceful and say to them, I want you to compile listings and send them
5: to me with these parameters. No, what I'm talking no? about is the online website. Right, right. So I know far. that. But you yes. shouldn't
3: even have to,
5: because your realtor should be able to compile um. Um well, they will. I'm in the process right now of interviewing realtors. So okay, I, one, I have that a selected one. But I have not that is my expectation, you right. know, Absolutely. that I will need that help. So good for you. Well, because so, it's but,
3: standard. It's it's not even like special just for you. It's standard.
5: Right. But just I still want to be able to do it myself because this housing process with the way the market is, you know, it may be a year before I'm able to find a house that I can afford. That is what I want because inventory is so low and house prices are so high. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it's just not a very friendly market right now.
1: Why, why are you choosing to move from a condo to a house?
5: Mm. Um, I've lived in a house before for, um, and there, Mm -hmm. there are pros and cons of condos, but there's a lot of cons too, you know, you know, and, um, you know, when you're in a house, you get to control your, you know, um, your space right around there, not on either side or in front, but still you have more control. Uh, You're not going to get hit with a big assessment because they Mm -hmm. did it doing some repair. And now if you don't pay $20,000, they're going to foreclose on you or Uh. you don't have to deal with, you know, there are a lot of things that you don't have to deal with when you can control your own you know space
1: gotcha. a little yep. bit you know miss white thank you so much for
5: your call thank you guys
1: very much
2: yep. appreciate it
1: excellent
5: melody Ms. has her hand raised
1: hey miss holloway maybe
5: other end yep. of the spectrum
6: speaking um <laughs> although i it's the the situation is so unique and I think in order for me to possibly only speak once I'll have to talk about rent subsidies and things fighting the system since 2004 thats how long I've been out of college and it's it's one of those things where I have tried the 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 HUD the Section 8 you know all of these some don't take Section 8 I don't know subsidies on hold during the early days of the pandemic People who are seeing a lot of my additional conditions and a lot of people who just can legally do something but can't imagine their lives without sight by no fault of our own. Who are saying you need a higher level of care when I am basically managing the home and, you know, who created me is getting free passes, right? Left not paying a dime, but co-owns and I cannot do the supplemental benefits. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I just gave my 52nd blood donation. Can I get some help here? I've had no medical care kind of thing. You know, yep. and it, it, it's it's so, and to also be in the, the LGBTQ, you know, and, and have all these additional things. And I, my cousin who's an RN and her husband who's a county deputy cannot own mm-hmm. through Habitat for Humanity, the building issue, because you have to make at least 1400 and they have to live there. They already own their home. She's five years my junior, just turned 32. Yep. Thing, you're not hearing well, you're not quite on it. You know, I I just had someone well known to, you know, ACB pick me up off the floor last Saturday. It was he and I struggling. Things are happening that, you know, living alone, and it's not because I need a care assistant, it's because, you know, all of these trauma reactions and and things, it's not ideal now. And that that need for a partner, just someone to sit and read the paper and, you know, that companionship and the, the poverty, having to live like this all my life as a predominantly white family and the projects where everyone else is identifies as a different ethnicity has been the trauma of that is indescribable and yep. you know it's 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 so hard to be managing a home that i do not own and have it not seen and you know so it, it's and the the independent living um the residential apartments that i i could get out of here the quickest and it was avoided previously by an agent, referral agent who lives with a hearing impairment she knew this wasn't right they, you have to maintain state Medicaid and I have to live alone and they make accommodations for PTSD, which is, that's just not one of them to have a partner, you know, and right. I, um, they said, we've never had one of you before. So it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, it's the fact that a dear friend of mine, we were both 25 and she had passed the same pneumonia. I would go to survive because she was in college taking practicums and did not need that kind of setting, but had no other choice and was so stinking lonely. You know, yep. it, it's it terrifies me. So the housing and the medical care are a direct partnership. I'm going to be able to benefit once they get out of here, but I am not currently employable. And knowing that, you know, yep. so nothing can happen. And it, it, it's you know, it's just applying, applying, and, and having my mother and, and people using her as collateral and saying, "Well, they must be." Well, she hadn't filled out too many apartment applications. We can talk about who actually did for me. to people with disabilities right. definitely did it. Right. So how you know?
1: How did you um? how did you find out information about where section eight stuff was?
6: I have I probably had 12 mental health caseworkers and so five when I nice. officially first entered the system. Right. And I have an, an, an SSA, a support service support administration administrator through the County nice. Board of Developmental Disabilities, not using the waiver. Let me make that mm-hmm. known. And he actually has disabilities after 22. And he says, you know, and, and he doesn't know what to legally do, but I, I had, I'd also looked online and I'd been calling, you know, and it's not understood all the devices, the braille, you know, that we need a mailbox and a garbage um, dumpster nearby us. We don't do well in those. And it's kind of applying, waiting, applying, waiting. I'm not going to be independent. So, you know, and and he's also saying, I think the autism and and women's non-binary network can help if we can just push this diagnosis through. And he's saying, Oh yeah, because I maxed out four assessments. And nice. he knows what he's doing. So now we're just waiting on my insurance and my age are stopping it. And my medical center may be able to get it done. I just, my appearance on paper is such that no one, you know, they're thinking, oh my gosh, disaster. And now there may be some validity to that because it waits. So,
4: well,
1: that's a good thing. And we'll, we'll be talking more about this a little later. So, so call us back absolutely. later, Miss Melody, and talk about this some more. Um, but you've, you have served to introduce us to this, to this topic and we're going to be talking a lot more about it in a little while. So thank you.
4: Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.
3: Ray, Mr. You know, Campbell. Ray Campbell.
4: Oh, Mr. Hey, Campbell. Ray. Mr. Campbell.
7: There we go. Now I got the button. There you go. guys. Awesome. How you doing, guys? Hey, hang on there. So, um, interesting topic. Um, just share a little bit about some of our experiences. We, um, we in the last couple of years, have uh, both bought and sold real estate. Um, in the uh, And we were in a position that um, we, uh, w- but what we did, first of all, we bought the home we currently we live, it, live in. Um, we were living someplace else, so we had to buy Bought a place in another town. Uh, so that was, and then had to, you know, have it taken care of for, we didn't choose to rent until we moved here. But anyway, um, so um, we actually had pretty good luck um, with uh, both uh, the real estate agents on both transactions. Um, the only thing was that they used, uh, they used a sort of system called dot loop, which is a little like DocuSign, only nowhere near as accessible. Right, um, I. I figured out enough to, and I had to do most of the signing. So I figured out enough to, you know, work around it. but um, it was interesting. You talk, uh, De- Debbie was talking earlier about the realist realtors um, and, um, you know, having to provide that extra level of description and stuff. And then right. that are. Real estate even said out loud, she said, You know, I have an extra level of liability because I have to give you information that you don't have. Now, what I, a couple of, um, and that, um, a couple of things I think I'd advise people uh, to do if it's possible. Uh, First of all, number one, uh, if you're going to be buying something, try, if your financial situation allows it, try to get pre approved. And that way, you have a, a good idea of how much house you can afford, uh, you know, your credit's been checked, uh, they've, you know, verified, you know, your income, you know, they've been, you've got, you know, you got the source for the down payment and order and that kind of thing. Um, so definitely, if you can get pre-approved, that's for a mortgage, that's a good way to, to go about it. Um, And um, that's one thing. The second thing is that um, uh, on the place we purchased, um, while we had a really good real estate agent, we did have someone else at least take a look online at the place and the pictures and things like that, just to make sure just to kind of get that third eye on it. So if you have- Somebody that, who didn't have a financial interest. Exactly, exactly right, Brian. That, if, so, so I would say if you can do that, that's fine. If not, um, that's fine too. Um, our condo sale, uh, was, we just sold our condo in June up in uh, the Chicago suburbs. And that actually went very, very well. We used, um, we used a real estate agent that we knew through Lyons And um, he was um, very, very good. And what we did, you know, it's a dot loop was not the most easy thing to work with. I did figure it out. But what Glenn did was he actually would get on the phone and kind of go through, you know, what we needed to know about the documents and, you know, the offers and things like that. I think the biggest problem we had, guys, on the buying the place here was going through the inspection report. Because it's all graphical stuff, it's all different things. And the way we kind of solved that one was that we actually sat, you know, once the inspector did his work, we actually sat down with him. And, you know, I, and, and I said to him, and, you know, I, I have a little knowledge of, I know enough about HVAC and electrical and stuff to be uh, somewhat dangerous. I <laughs> learned a lot from our good good late friend, Larry Turnbull. But uh-huh. um, I I said to him now now be be very specific about each thing that you're telling me about and then you know I took some notes and then uh, was able to have him kind of go through and explain different things that he saw and then and then um, then once I got the report um, I, I kind of knew what to expect and that way was able to kind of go through. Uh, go through things but definitely 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 if you need extra help uh, from people that you're working with be forceful and make sure that they know that and if they're not willing to do that with you then you probably don't want to be dealing with them because you know, we we do need that extra sided help we just do
1: so before before we go on let me add a couple of things to what you said about inspection um the buyer pays for the inspection Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what that means is that that you really <clears throat> can and should determine who's going to do that inspection. I refuse to use any of the recommended inspectors um, by the real estate agent. And instead, I went online and took a look at, at a number of of different sites where inspectors were listed and looked at some of their reviews and so on. And picked one for myself
4: mm-hmm.
1: and and if you can do that, I would absolutely recommend that. and the second point that I was going to make is because you're paying that inspector, you have some control over what his report looks like and 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 by the way, interestingly enough, perhaps the most accessible document in the whole real estate process was um was the inspection document i was able to read it fine (laughs) it just shows how different they are but Mm -hmm. but we also spoke directly with uh with the guy who did the inspection and and were were able to get clarifications when we wanted them and luckily our house was pretty new so there wasn't a lot that was likely to be required and there wasn't so
2: yeah Um, Yeah, i want to caution people also about these inspection reports. It does matter who does the hiring, no question. Here in Massachusetts, uh, I had to pay for the inspection of the house I was buying. I had to pay for the inspection of the house I was selling. Don't ask, I don't understand how that works. But what really matters is, when that inspector signs that document that this is what I observed, uh, they do not, I mean, there's almost a get out of jail free component mm-hmm. of that report mm-hmm. that says, this was to the best of my ability in yep. uh, observation, yada, yada. I, when I bought this house, it said there was no problem uh and uh first time i walked out onto my new deck i fell through oh,
7: wow <laughs> uh, you know and, another yeah yeah, yeah. One these more things thing
2: yeah. got to be careful about these things do not take things at face value
7: yeah it's uh it's uh it's uh, it is something you do have to be uh uh kind of new knowledgeable about the other thing the other thing i was going to say too uh you mm-hmm. to buy a home um it, it, try to get the seller to get you one, and if they won't do it, invest in one yourself. A home warranty from like American Home Shield, because those things, you know, if something goes wrong, you you have a place you can call and um, and you can get you know get assistance with uh, getting something repaired or replaced, and they use local contractors. So
1: yeah, and these and and these home shields are essentially things that that you use to. Um to essentially ensure your appliances yep. so, so that if, if something goes wrong, you still have to pay something, but it's usually a deductible, and, and you don't pay nearly as much as you would uh, under normal circumstances for repairs. Yep. Exactly.
7: That's, that's definitely true.
2: Rick has had r- excellent, excellent results of that. Rick, are you still with us? Uh, maybe not. No, I'm here, Brian. I'm here. So you, you've had really good luck using those kinds of insurance programs. Have you
0: not? Oh yeah. The, um, yes, yes. We're we're talking about what the service programs. Yes. Yes. Yes, I have. I, I mean, I've been covering all my appliances in the house and, and various other things and, uh, have had. Several appliances actually replaced um, through the service as part of the agreement was if they, can't, if they couldn't fix it, they would replace it. And they, in fact, replace things by giving me um, replacement value, not a depreciated pre- value, but a replacement value for the appliance. So it's worked out quite well for us.
1: That's excellent. Good, Very yeah, good. There you go. Great. Miss, Mr. Ray, thank you. You betcha. Thanks. Uh, good show. Thanks. Later yep. now.
3: Penny Moss has her hand raised.
4: Hey, Miss Penny. Do, 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 do.
2: You know, I noticed this this evening when watching the evening news, you know, over to you, Charlie. And there's always this delay. Yes. Okay. Can you hear me now?
3: Yes, we can. We
8: certainly can. But this okay. is the way that we just accept these days, don't we? I know. Exactly. Just part of it. Well, my story is very interesting. My mother was a real estate agent. <laughs> so, <laughs> we I didn't We feel your pain. <laughs> uh, well, actually, um I did not buy my first home until I was 55 and by then she was um, 86. And yeah, I gotcha. um the joy of her life, the crowning joy was seeing me get my first home. And one of the things that happened, I had a real estate agent that was a, a relative in the family, but he, I looked at condos and I'm in Birmingham and the condo Alabama and the condos that there were around were just like overgrown apartments and I didn't like any of them.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: So I really wanted a garden home. And, The second realtor I got, I got from the referral from our case manager for the blind here at our um, regional center, and she was a drinking buddy of his, it turned out, (laughs) but he knew all about transportation and what the needs of blind people were through knowing her. So within Mm -hmm. three weeks, he found me a house, and with six weeks, I was moving in And one of the things that he did, I got him to do, is he sent me the MLS listings that realtors have. He emailed them to me. And I was able to actually braille them with my braille printer. And so then I would look at them and I'd call my mother and read the listings to her. And, you know, I learned all the little abbreviations like disposer and electric and e for you know and so it was really great because i was able to figure out you know kind of what i what i wanted and what we did as far as the closing this is back in um 2009 when i uh bought my house and the agent said i'm not going to read you all this closing stuff it's 30 pages and it basically says if you don't pay you don't stay and i said like okay uh-huh. if I don't pay I don't stay so I'll just sign away and but the big one big problem I had was when I refinanced my house the other bank used my name Penelope off of my ID and I never sign any of my documents as Penelope so <laughs> when I had to sign documents for that closing I had to have somebody literally help me sign My name on all those documents because I never used Penelope. But one of the things that I think you have to think about is choosing the right realtor is really important. And it really needs to be somebody that understands about transportation needs. And also, I had to make sure that where I lived, the van would come to because there were some Mm -hmm. um, condos and places I looked at that were not even on the ADA bus line that um, paratransit would not come to, even though they might be on the um, bus that that they would not serve. And so, and then there was one place I looked at where they couldn't get through the gate. And so there was just so many things I had to look at. I ended up, I bought my house and it was an iron it was actually a mile and a half from my office. It was wonderful.
2: Oh, excellent. But
8: then my supervisor retired within a year and a half. I had to move to Talladega. So I had to rent my house out for five years. And i used the same realtor to do that. I did not have good luck with a rental company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't going to, they were going to charge a lot more and they were not really aggressive in finding anybody. But he was, and I rented my house out, and then I retired and I moved back in. And um, you know, it really was a wonderful experience. And I, you know, had people say, why don't you move in a retirement home? You're getting older. And I'm like, no, this is my house, and I'm staying put right here. <laughs> but uh thank you so much. I, I'm enjoying this. It's very good.
2: Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate mm-hmm. it.
8: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Very good. Sharon I rented Stilkels- out my house Oops, once. Sorry, Brian. Oh, hold on, I rented my house out once when I moved out here from Oregon. I will never do that again. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad she had a good experience. I've never had a good experience uh, renting I, out a place.
1: I I I don't think I would do it either. Um, thank you very much. <clears throat> so Sharon, huh? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Hey, Miss Sharon. From Massachusetts. From Sharon, you can Worcester.
2: Unmute. Worcester, Massachusetts. Is, she's from Worcester. Yeah. yeah. You people from your part of the world would call it Worcester. But here.
3: <laughs> she Worcester. lowered her hand. She must be having some difficulties. Oh, so do we have Jean Mann?
2: Okay. Hey Jean. Hey Jean. From New York. And she lives in yet a different set of circumstances than
1: she us. does. Yeah, and 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 what we really haven't talked about much. So yeah,
3: Jean, you may and, unmute
1: and, and may and may not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can <laughs> You hear
9: me now? Yep. We can yeah. hear Here you. you now. Sure can. I, I thought I was uh, unmuted before, and I guess I wasn't. Um. Uh, My parents rented out their house, Brian, too, and they had terrible luck, so I, I have always been a renter, and there was a period of time when I started looking at houses, and I had a fairly good income, and I, you know, as you often were talking about at the beginning, couldn't find a house in a neighborhood that I wanted, you know, that was close to bus transportation, or if it was, there were no stores nearby, I wanted at least a convenience store. Or I didn't like, you know, a lot of the older houses here have the bathrooms and the bedrooms upstairs, and I didn't like that. So I went back to renting. And one of the, one of the reasons I have always been a renter is because as a single person by myself, I don't want to have to worry about finding somebody to cut the lawn, shovel the snow, um, all those things that you have to worry about. You know, when I have something that breaks or an appliance that... I can simply call maintenance the way I need, and they would, you know, bring whatever it is to replace it or fix whatever it is. So I think for a lot of blind people, that's also another reason why they maybe don't buy houses. It's, it's just I, I think
2: that's true. I absolutely think that's true. One, yeah. the only thing that makes me want to live in a condo is to not have to worry about the exterior, yard maintenance, <laughs> and all those kinds of things. Yeah. and. While an assessment can hit you, like a previous caller mentioned, um, it's also true that you have the full cost of whatever that is. The new roof is all yours to pay for. uh, Getting the exterior painted is all you to pay for. Uh, There's that as well.
4: Yeah.
1: And we should probably also point out that even if you're buying a house, um, there there, there are now community assessments for, for virtually all houses. I'm not quite sure how it all works and why it all is, but that's something that's changed since, since I bought my last house to, to when I was buying this one. Um, all of the, the houses that seem to be on sale that are anything like new are parts of communities, and you pay what amounts to a condo fee. Yes.
9: And, 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 it's, and, it's, <laughs> Oh, my friends, they call my it a friends, gated though.
2: community, do
1: they? Right. My yeah.
9: friends were in one of those houses that had a, you know, it was a tenant association kind of place. Mm-hmm. And um, she was in a wheelchair and he eventually ended up in one, too. He had um, multiple sclerosis along with his blindness. Oh. And they wanted to put a ramp in the front of their house. They had one that let out through the garage, but they wanted to put one in the front so that, you know, if something happened and there was a fire in the kitchen, they could get out the front door. And the area association, uh, the tenant association, gave them a real hard time about it, and I don't think they ever did. But you know, you have to take those kind of things into consideration too.
2: You oh, do absolutely. Hey, Sharon. You, I'm glad you you're, a, you're yes, too.
9: hi. How are you? <laughs> and even if you buy I'm a condo, here. you still have to worry about all the inside stuff.
2: Oh, you you know? do. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. you
9: do. Absolutely. Yes. So you have to take uh, all Sharon, that. Sharon,
2: you've been a condo owner.
10: No, I am not actually. I'm, a I'm what, you had, what you have called a regular renter. And a regular I looked renter. at, uh, yes, I have looked into buying a condo. And what I wanted to mention about that is that when I did the first time homebuyer's house uh, course, maybe 15 years ago, it was primarily done in person. And there was a lot of guidance, uh, mm-hmm. even though there was paperwork to read. Now, when I've looked at them, it's online. And I think some of that's COVID, and some of it is just you know self-paced. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that that ACB kind of needs to look at. Um, and I, and I don't. Rent-
1: I, uh-huh. And that stuff isn't always very accessible either. No, some exactly of those online not. courses,
10: exactly yeah. not. Um, so and the other thing is that um, I have felt a lot of freedom as a renter, though being a renter now is scary because of the. The price increases, but the other thing that I see happening, and it's happening in my building, um, we had been owned by a family, and they sold us to a um, corporation. And I'm always worried about is the portal that they use for accounts and maintenance requests and emails that all of that is that going to be accessible? And I don't know how many large corporations there are in the country, but I think it's getting to be more the norm for apartment buildings, you know, that they're not owned by individual families anymore. Uh, and I, they and, absolutely
2: think, are not the biggest buyer of homes today. Yep.
10: Yeah, yeah.
2: Is investors. Right. And, uh, I don't mean individual investors. I
10: know. I, don't I know. I mean investment
2: I companies. I know. And that's, that's, that's scary. It's scary. It because is. The,
10: a lot of the a lot of the human touch isn't there, and also the tasks are so divvied up. You know, you have a financial person; you go to this one for this. You go. It's it's extremely confusing. Um, and the final thing I wanted to say when we're at the beginning, we're talking about the seventy-one being the average age. There uh-huh. are people in my building who are now legally blind or close to it. And a couple of them are acknowledging it and most are not. And uh, I have been able to get two of them on talking books, which was big. Um, And then uh, then a couple others have now not been able to drive. And um, I've talked to them about, you know, you've got to stay where there's transportation. Um, But they don't even like the paratransit because they're used to getting in the car and not having to share a ride and wait for a ride and da da da. Yep. You know, so it's uh, it's really complicated. But anyway, in general, I've been um, a happy renter. But I think there are things that are just still not accessible, even in in um, rental rent, rental paperwork. And I'm grateful. I think if I were to have to move again, I would probably use Ira. Uh, To some degree, for some of that.
2: Now, how long ago did you move to your current place?
10: I've been here four years. And I'm in a large community. And that's been the blessing for me, is that there are a lot of people here. I feel very, not only safe, but loved. And Mm -hmm. um, I think um, living alone in in a house on my own, um, I, I would feel lost. So, uh, it, it,
2: it would be more isolating, no question about yes. it. Yes. I I, I, think one, a couple of questions I'd like to ask both you and Jean. Is Jean still with us? I'm still
11: here. Oh, oh good. good. Hi,
2: Jean. So. Hi, yeah. Jen. Yeah. Hi. So, the accessibility of the appliances provided in your okay. space.
10: Well, How um, was it? well um, I have an over the stove microwave which my rehab teacher was able to mark easily. I, I still have a um, regular burner, burner stove, you know, not mm-hmm. the flat, flat screen. And so that, that's okay. The other things I, you know, I got myself. Um, I did label the mailbox. Uh, I have a dot by my mailbox, you know, and, gotcha. and a, a key, of course. Um, we are still using quarters in the um, washing machines washer and dryer. Mm -hmm. That's something that I worry about because I know the card system is much more prevalent now. Um, And I think you have to load money onto a card, which isn't a problem, but then I'm not sure about reading where you are, you know, in the use of your card, how that all works out. Um, Understood. Yeah.
4: So, so, but but this is one
2: thing that most people who rent have no control over.
4: What are going to
2: be the major appliances in your unit? Uh, And if I I had a friend here who went on vacation, came back two weeks later, and all of the (laughs) communal washers and dryers had been replaced
10: Uh, with card
2: swipe systems. And she had in her mailbox a thing that indicated they were going to upgrade. The appliances in all the apartments, and when they upgraded, and she had no choice. When they upgraded, they were touchscreen based.
10: <sighs> yeah, I I don't know I, if, if I've that been, will yeah, happen.
2: Yeah, okay. so, Jean, how about you?
9: Yeah, when I moved in when I moved in here. Um, a couple of the staff members asked me how to write the numbers two 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 in Braille That's my apartment number. And they mm-hmm. they took something, some kind of a dot thing, and I don't know what it is. And they marked my mailbox, my my in house one and my regular post office one. And they mm-hmm. um, suggested they told me who to contact at the Association for the Blind here. And that person came in and marked my washer and dryer and my um, my toaster oven, my microwave oven. Unfortunately, most of the braille she put on the microwave doesn't stick too well because the numbers are raised just a tiny bit so it kind of yep. but there's there's a yep. couple dots so they cover what I really need um yep. she marked my stove but it's a one of those um flat flat stoves you know yeah um, yeah you can't really feel the burners and since i I don't cook much and you know we get most of our meals anyway so but i I do use my microwave all the time I use my toaster oven um, yep. so yeah they they pretty much help me mark everything.
10: Good. When good. I came here, I, I had blinds. Something,
9: I'm going to probably have to start over again, but you know. Yeah.
10: When I yeah. came here, I had blinds uh, on the windows, and I hate them. And uh, my landlord, uh, before the corporation came, actually got me these really cool and very stylish shades that you can push up, and they yep. stay where you push them. Have you seen them? And then you pull them down? And nice, they, they just they're, simply
2: stop wherever you they stop. They just stop wherever
10: you are they're lovely and, and they're not ugly like shades can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. that was a gift. And I would have paid for them. In fact, I offered to. And he said, Oh no, it's not coming out of your rent, you know. But I don't think that would happen now with a corporation no. because one of the other things that I notice about this corporation and I suspect others is that they want uniformity. In yeah, exactly. color schemes and blah blah blah, you know. So yeah. it it, it again, is again. They're scary. trying to find
2: a way to to do things cheaper by bulk.
10: Of course, of course. That,
2: right, it's all about that.
1: I rented for a year um, between houses up yeah. here in Jacksonville, or a little bit more than that. And um, what happened to me is that my my the building where i rented was sold in the meantime from one corporation to another oh and the new corporation <clears throat> published lease documents that were entirely different from the original lease that i signed and essentially they said we don't care what your former lease document says we oh, okay. own this place now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do what Arlie says, whether wow. you like it or not. <laughs>
10: it's a false and you had to resign, note. did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Were you able to read it? Was it a PDF that was accessible, or uh...
4: Uh,
1: it it was not accessible? So I had to get my daughter to read it, and it was very long.
4: Yeah.
1: And yeah. and as Brian said, it it's it's like most documents are nowadays. Um, Un, un, unless you can prove gross negligence, um, the the landlord's not responsible for anything. <laughs>
9: oh, exactly had, right. Exactly. I've had good and bad luck with stuff like that. Um, when I first moved in, before I moved in, when I decided I was going to move in, the program coordinator and the I don't know what their titles were, but the people that the marketing person and the the social worker kind of person started working with me right away to figure out how they could make everything accessible. Well, you know, staff changes and they're, they're all gone. And so for a long time, I felt like I wasn't getting everything that I should be getting in formats that I could read. I could get people to read it for me, but I wasn't right. getting it. Well right, then right. Some, a, a new resident moved in and he decided that we should create a Google groups um, email list. And so he sends all kinds of stuff out to everybody. Even if you get it in hard copy in your in your mailbox, cool. He sends out. Yeah, it really is. And so I've I've talked with them and I've met them. And they're also starting to do um robocalls so that when things are canceled or there's things coming up they want you to know about, um, yeah. you get a phone call. So, you know, it's a it's a lot better now, but it was it was a pain for a while because they put these signs up in the elevators yeah. and 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 you know, if somebody didn't happen to think to tell me, which they usually didn't, um, there was a lot going on that I didn't know about. So yeah, that is it. I think it's, that's it's, a
10: real it, issue. And it, it be, all
9: the time. It yeah.
10: can it can be important things like we have to shut the water off for yeah. three hours.
9: That happened now, to me in another apartment.
10: Often we get that um at our door. We'll get a, a handwritten note and an email. So I've got to say that has improved with the corporation. <laughs> but I'm still very nervous about it. Anyway, I'm cool. sure there are other people that have hands. Yeah.
2: Well, yep. thank you thank so much. Both of you. Both of you.
3: Thanks. Um, Terry Pacheco.
4: Aha. Uh-huh. Hello there, gentlemen. Hey, there. Hey, Miss Terry.
12: Having purchased four homes and sold three through the years uh-huh. and rented <laughs> both condos and apartments, um, a couple of things that uh, w- one thing I want to compliment you on, Paul, is getting your own home inspector um, right on our last house that we purchased that current our current home is we should have done that um we went with this whole concept of the buyer's realtor versus the seller's realtor uh-huh and what was really bizarre was they were both from the same company mm-hmm. um, and i've never really trusted the home inspection that we got. Um, There was a major flaw in the house that uh, he just insisted. Oh, that's, that'll be fine. You don't need to worry about it. Well, five years later, we're worrying about it. Um, (laughs) But I do think that that's important. One of the things I did want to mention is we were talking earlier on the various uh, Zillows and rent.com and realtor.com and uh the various applications. So often I'm one of these people who I love to follow real estate. I probably should have gone in the gone into that field at some point in my life.
4: Mm-hmm.
12: Um it, because I I, you know, if I have nothing better to do, which is rare these days, um <laughs> at night, I'll just sit and go through Zillow. I check out the, the as, as estimate probably twice a week. Uh that kind of thing. The thing you have to keep in mind with something with the current way of the market is when you get those those photos that come up on there, they've often been airbrushed. They've often been. They'll show the house um, with furniture. Maybe they'll show the living room with furniture and without furniture. Uh, There are so many things that you need to take into account. Mm -hmm. When purchasing a house, I think it's really foolhardy. And Frank agrees with me. It's very foolhardy for a blind or low vision person to look for a house alone. You need vision with you because there are things that your realtor is not going to mention. Because the realtor is the one that's going to make the 6%. Uh, or whatever it is, and six percent on a five hundred thousand dollar house today is a nice chunk of change, um, to say the least. That you you really are pretty foolhardy if you don't have someone with you. Things that you would never that you probably wouldn't even notice. I remember years ago we were looking to buy a house, and Brian will catch this from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. We wanted to live. We were looking for a house in either Braintree or Holbrook. And my mother happened to be with us. Mm-hmm. And the realtor wanted, had two houses they wanted to show us. It turned out, she finally asked him, she said, if this is still Holbrook, why is everything say Abington on it? Um, <laughs> The bank and such that we went by. Uh-huh. And, and another one they came up with reasons why we shouldn't go down the basement. (laughs) And Frank's still laughing at that one. (laughs) uh, Just for the heck of it. We flipped on the light switch and you could see the, you could see the light reflecting off the water on the floor of the basement. (laughs) You know, that you really do need to interview your, your realtors and, but you really need more than just, I believe, that you really need more than just the realtor. You can't put all of your trust when you're looking at such a major investment in one person. I don't believe you can. Um, uh, I, or, I agree. I to have a friend with you. I think one of the other things as far as the documents are concerned, it's kind of like uh, physicians. What's that phrase about? A doctor's his own worst enemy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have always had much more success in any of the houses that we've purchased when we've hired our own attorney to do it with us. Right. And actually the first house we ever bought, we had a blind attorney. And it was funny the day we were there exchanging, passing papers. um, He was showing Frank. He said, Frank, let me show you this new slate that I got. He was writing frank notes, get right to the house because I don't trust this guy at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of thing. But having someone actually with a good legal sense um, at least to look over the paperwork and be with you at the closing or passing or whatever you call it in, yeah. in your yeah. neck of the country, um, I think are all things that they will cost you a little more now but it's well worth the difference when you go to sell the house and you find out that, Oh, I didn't know that there was part of the roof was patched, you know, or something like that. Um, it's just, it's, I think it's money well spent. Yep. Ms. Cherry, Thank you.
2: Thanks for calling. I appreciate <laughs> it. And I've experienced many of the things you're talking about.
12: Yes. It, honestly, haven't we all, especially mm-hmm. those of us that have done it for a length of time, we have <laughs> right. Doug,
3: Doug Hall has his hand raised.
13: Good oh, evening, Doug. Paul and Brian. Hi there. Hey, Hi Doug. There. How I are are you? guess I guess I'm lucky because uh, Nancy and I. Well, when when we lived in Gainesville, University of Florida, we rented. When we moved here, we rented for a short period of time, and then we came across this house. Nancy wanted a house that was accessible to wheelchairs, which this one was. Um, And it turned out the owner liked us. She liked Nancy. So she she actually cut what she was asking for the house. She knocked 10,000 off the price of the house. Because she wanted to buy. And it turned out the person who was her renter also was our, the uh, realtor also was ours. So it was kind of interesting. Anyway, we have lived here now 35 years. And I tell you, when, when we rented, before we bought this house, I was paying $600 a month rent. Mm-hmm. When we bought this house, our mortgage was $624 a month.
4: Mm-hmm.
13: I had this house 35 years. I paid $624 a month. At the same time, people were paying $1,502,000 a month rent.
4: hmm
13: You know, yes. Yes. If you own a house, you have expenses. Yes, you do. However, if you're renting, you're throwing money down a rabbit hole, huge amounts of money. and You get nothing for it other than sometimes they fix it. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you get stuff you don't want. Yes. I've had to pay for roof. I had to pay for lawn care. I've had to pay for appliances, but it's still a whole lot less than I would have thrown away on rent. Mm-hmm. And I, I think have that's sure. And I have a so, house now, and my house so, is valued at four times what I paid for it. If I wanted to yep. sell it. Good point. Good well, point. It's four times
2: what you paid for it, but it's not four times with the interest that you had to pay in addition to the principal over the what 30-year mortgage?
13: it's still at least at least two to two and a half times Oh, absolutely, whatever it was.
2: absolutely. And, it, and when i
13: if i sell i'm still going to have all that money to use for something else and people want to sell me to sell the house and i said why would i want to sell a house that i don't own i mean that i owe on anything on i have no rent if i sold the house i'd have to pay money to buy something else
1: and and all you pay probably in terms of required payments is property taxes. So.
13: And, my pro- and the property taxes in Florida are ridiculous. My, mm-hmm. my, my property tax last year was $1,300 for the yep. year for a 3,000 yep. square foot house. <laughs> Not yep. mine. So, and, and of course they have, the other, the other thing I want <laughs> to mention in terms of blindness, one of the things I insisted on is I wanted a house where there was transportation and where shopping was within walking distance. Nice. so i insisted that it be in the city that i have those things and it's amazing since we've been here we now have five banks within a mile of here i've got four or five stores within a mile of here and we're now served by three buses three route buses plus plus the paratransit so and of course we have lyft and uber and all that stuff so You know, I insisted that when we bought, I insisted that it be accessible to me as a blind person. And it's just gotten better with developers. Um, By the way, I want to mention about, you mentioned about renting my second house. I actually uh, had an agreement. It was rent to own. Yep. The guy ended up suing me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because he said my, he said my dog, my guide dog piddled on the floor and he had to replace the carpets. So he sued me. Um, of course he lost, but of course it cost me five grand to beat him. Um, yep. But yes, I, I wouldn't, I would not rent again, um, you know, to rent something. But I, for, I personally feel that owning is a, is the to me is the way to go. Cause yep. like I said, I don't have to pay rent. My, yep. my brother is now living with me mm-hmm. because his landlord wanted to double his rent and told me he had to move. He could not afford the increase in rent. Yep. So he's I moved guess. in yeah. moved in with me. So when you're renting, you have, like you said, Paul, you have no say. Your landlord sets the rules and tells you what you're going to do. If you want to stay there, you'd go, you abide by their rules.
1: Yep, sure does. Um, yep.
13: Uh, Thank you, sir. Um, Thanks. Thank you. Take I care. appreciate the call. Yep. Thanks. Take yep. care. Mm-hmm.
2: I want to make two quick comments here, Paul, before we take the mm-hmm. next caller. One yep. is that um, home ownership does something else uh, that you need to be aware of, and that is
4: it makes it very hard to move. Um, if you were offered a job, well, Penny was talking about it, right? Her
2: supervisor, she bought right. this house and then her supervisor changed and she got resettled, re- so to speak, in a totally different city. And her own, she had two choices sell her house, not what you wanted to when she felt the market was right for it, or rent it. She didn't have this ability to pick up and move without financial ramifications of that. Renting gives you that ability. Um, again, one size fits all just doesn't work in this, in this whole scenario, does it? I also think that, uh, Paul, when you bought your home in North Miami, how much did it appreciate in how much time?
1: i bought it in ninety five um and sold it early this year so mm-hmm. that's really twenty twenty six years maybe twenty uh of that
2: yeah about twenty six
1: and um i the 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 selling price in in nineteen ninety five was i think hundred and seventy six thousand and the selling and price it. was, um, I'm thinking, eight eighty.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, big time appreciation. Yes. Big time appreciation. Now you bought another place. Now. Yes. And when you bought that place, um, there are tax reasons why when you sell one house, you're better off buying another one because That's you're going to pay on the increased mm-hmm. value. Right. Some form of taxation. So you tend to buy something of equal or greater value at the time of the sale, not at the time you bought. Correct. It. Yep. So to buy something is going to cost you as much as it as the gain you had. Yeah. Uh, typically, unless you moved into a lower cost market or, or did unless not, did you
1: unless you no or, or unless you chose to rent or or you chose to <clears throat> uh, but then you weren't going to gain any tax advantage from from selling your
2: house so yeah exactly. so you're right so that that that's another aspect of home ownership people need to be aware of right now we very well may be at the top of the value of the house we're in Mm-hmm. When people go back and look at the uh, crash in the housing market, when uh, all those loans. Uh, 2008. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was a situation in 2008 where a lot of people got loans to buy houses they couldn't afford. Uh, and, you know, um, again, Banks did some very creative banking by bundling mortgages and selling them as if they were selling stocks
1: but the and the the scary thing about two thousand and eight mm-hmm. was that that there were a lot of people um my my son being one of them, who entered into uh, a deal to buy a house. Uh, in 2008, before the crash, um, mm-hmm. and essentially, and essentially found that within six months of the time that he bought the house, his house was worth 40 percent of what he paid for it.
2: Exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. That situation, you never know when something, some adjustment. You know, we're all appalled. Are are we not at at? We appreciate it when we're the homeowner, but we have to understand that that um, being a homeowner, that home is a gamble. Being sure. a renter is a gamble. It is nowhere near a guarantee. My house now is supposed to be worth eight hundred and eighty thousand. I probably I is just can't imagine that. I cannot imagine that, but it's nonetheless true at this moment. So I have to decide um, if I sold now, would I be selling at the top of the market or is it still going to go up? Or if I wait for as little as a year, could it drop by a couple hundred thousand dollars? That's not so bad for me because I own it outright. Right. Right. Uh, It's no law. It's not, Worth less than the loan I have because I have no loan for it. Your son got a loan based on its value at the time, right? And then it wasn't worth the money he paid for it. Uh, and that's something people need to be careful about. Uh, I, I'm I happen to be of the school that says uh, <laughs> be be careful in believing that what you've lived through the past 10 years are going to look anything like what you're going to live through the next-
1: 20 years or 10 years,
2: yep. Yeah. Life is simply not the same as it was then. Home ownership is declining in this country, declining markedly in this country. Home building is uh, simply not happening for starter homes,
4: no. It's
2: one of the biggest reasons why people are not buying homes, the only homes that are for sale aren't starter homes. They're not priced at a starter home level. So well, I I think that home ownership is not a way to make make money. You shouldn't enter it thinking somehow or other this is and investment, without looking at the prospect, as with any investment, the downside of of lowering prices.
1: What we started out believing, though, all of us who grew up in our generation, is that in fact, um, real estate was the best investment. And if, if you wanted to secure your
2: retirement,
1: you'd buy a house.
2: Yep. And that would be part of your assets when you retire. Yep, uh, And, you know, the other thing that I find astounding right now is interest rates remain at an incredible low point. When I bought my first house, the interest rate was 12%.
4: Right.
2: Um, now, it's less than 4%. And they're complaining because it's going up. When I refinance this house, the last time, I got it for 2.9%. Right. Uh, don't Right. think for a moment that um, interest rates are definitely directed upward, because the Fed is raising the interest rate they charge banks to have access to money. Uh, and that gets passed along to you and me in, in the process. Right now, my home is increasing in value 10% a year. So, a person who wants, who sees this house and wants to buy it and has to pull together down payment money is going to
4: have to save at a rate faster than this house appreciates, or they'll never own it
2: and and that and what, what is 10% of 88,000? dollars Yeah. Or 88 <coughs> 880,000.
1: Yeah, it's 88,000.
2: 88,000. $88,000 $88, yep. more you'll need next year.
3: Uh,
2: and
1: now the mm, the the interesting thing on. is the interesting thing is that you are really in in a market where where the cost of real estate is high and continues to get higher. But in in New York and in Boston, the cost of real estate, believe it or not, is higher than the cost of real estate, say, in Florida. So one of the things that is making certain that most people in Florida can't buy new homes is that Virtually, I guess a real estate agent told me that virtually half of the houses that are being sold in the Jacksonville area right now are being sold to people who are moving down here from the north and paying cash because they've sold their
2: houses up there. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Uh, Even the snowbirds of yesteryear are
4: doing the same. Doing the same. But how long can a boom last? The very nature of it, it's a boom.
2: It's not a sustainable kind of scenario. I sound like I'm down on home buying. I'm glad I bought a home. First thing I did, even before Kim and I got married, we bought a home together. And I've been a homeowner for my entire adult life. See, I think, early I, I,
1: I think that we need to, we need to redefine the term "boom" as it applies to the real estate market. Uh, that that is current. Um, I think interest rates will continue to go up at least for another year. I don't think there's very much doubt over that. Um, but the the real issue is which is. Which what drives the real estate market?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I don't think the real estate market at the moment is being driven by um, by anything more significantly than supply and demand. And as you say, Brian, um, there are fewer houses being built, and those that are being built are tend to be at the, at the higher end rather than at the lower end of the, of the house spectrum. So the net result is that there's more pressure to raise the price of houses because the inventory of houses is, is continuing to decline at the same time that interest rates are rising so that people who want to buy houses can afford it less. Um, but the but the net result still is that is that the price of a house appears to continue to be rising at a fairly rapid rate, and that the rate of the rise in the value of houses doesn't appear to be impacted very much by the existence of a recession. So it's fascinating.
2: Well, yeah, all those things. Absolutely apply to the situation we're in as a uh, not just as a nation, but uh, the world as a whole. I had mentioned this whole idea of corporate ownership. And uh, Sharon was talking about her building being bought by a corporation now. Uh, But what's scary is when you watch television and you see commercials about companies who will offer to buy your home right now. In cash, you don't have to go through any of the bother of putting your home up for sale, etc. We'll be there. Those are companies buying houses, which they turn into rental properties because rent is a guaranteed income, kind of like dividends on stocks. So, what happens when Wall Street decides?
4: That um, they want to get out when they want to get out because they don't
2: see, they see something else as being a bigger golden goose. It could flood the market with houses that people couldn't afford before, but now that their prices have dropped, um, people can afford them. One of the things I've been reading about is the likelihood, what percentage of current home owners, in spite of everything that was done post-2008, are still in over their heads and are considered high risk for default? Uh, Sure. it is Huge numbers. It's huge. It's huge numbers. And if the banks decide to foreclose, um, banks have to find a way to liquidate that. So again, there'll be more houses available for sale uh, on auction. That kind of approach. too. So it's, all of these are things you have to think about before you buy. I still would advise a child of mine to find some way to buy. But to find some way, some place to buy that is, has, is not currently experiencing
4: a boom. And that's not, you know, that's basically the middle of the country. The I don't know what, I don't know what my booming.
1: advice would be now. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I am not sure. I, I mean, I, I grew up believing that owning a house was the right thing to do. Um, and and I've I have owned several houses and 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 really I have no I I have no complaint over over house ownership, but as a blind person, I I think there there are some times when when I think
2: renting makes more sense.
3: Absolutely.
2: One of the things I mentioned earlier was the freedom to move. Mm-hmm. With unemployment being one of the biggest issues mm-hmm. for blind people, the ability to move for purposes of employment is huge. Yep, uh, I I'm... moved from Oregon to Massachusetts for a job.
4: For right, a job. And,
1: and I moved from Miami to Daytona and then from Daytona, Back to, to, to Jacksonville and then from Jacksonville to Miami, all because of jobs. Yeah. And, yeah. now in, in I know all people of those, would
2: love to live in the town they grew up in. Right. But, you know, it doesn't work that way. In,
1: in all of those cases, um, when I moved, I, I ended up deciding, um, except this last time when I moved up to Jacksonville, ill. I ended up deciding to buy a house and and, and even now that we have moved up here, my intention was, was always to, to end up with a house. Um, just, I mean, there are just so many reasons. One of the, one of the most important is, um, I, I don't want somebody making a bunch of rules for what can be done in the place I live. I want to be able to make my own. And and I and I think I'm hearing a lot of the people who own their own houses saying essentially the same thing. Um, sure.
4: Go ahead. I,
8: am I unmuted? Yeah, you are. are. I'd like to speak to the moving issue. Um, yes, that was a problem um, when I my uh, supervisor retired, and this I also had the yes yes Penny, okay. and I ahead, also then. had the choice. You know, either. Don't take the move and be unemployed. I chose to take the job and move. And I do not regret that. It was hardest thing I ever did. I cried the whole 68 miles to Talladega, Alabama. (laughs) But, you know, I was grateful that I could rent an apartment. I had rent coming in over here. And it, it, you know, and I came back. So I do not regret buying my home. I think one of the things that really pushed me out of the renting into buying a home was that my apartment that I was living in, which I loved, and it was real close to work, was sold to another corporation, like the other lady said. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. they started doing renovations. And then we got these letters that our rent was going to go up $250. Well, you know, I was paying close to $800 to live in the apartment and they weren't going to pay our utilities and our water bill anymore. So that meant it was going to go up even more. And so the other thing they were doing was they were replacing the appliances and they were putting in ranges that I couldn't use because it was a flat range. And um, so I ended up when I bought this house, fortunately even though there was a flat range in here, it was set up in such a way that I could actually feel where the burners were. And, you know, I like the fact that I could replace my own appliances and get what I wanted. And um, the other thing that happened to me uh, when I moved in my house, talking about using um, Old Republic, I did have the that service about a year. but. Mm-hmm. At that time, my microwave was like 30 years old that they had in the house. It was built in and it didn't have a turntable. And the rental, the company that I had my appliances under, they would not replace it. And my mother said, well, it wasn't heating up her coffee. So I decided since it was not working, I would replace it. And I did not renew the agreement with the um, warranties But Mm -hmm. what I have done is with each new appliance I purchased, I have service agreements on them. And then when that runs out, I'll see about the home warranty. But I just wanted to mention that for me, I think there's a pride in home ownership. There's a, I don't know, there's a feeling of, I mean, and I don't feel isolated. I feel like I can have people in here when I want to, but then I could have my own time and there's to me, there's a pride in that. And I know, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but it just feels good. And I, as a blind person, I really wish I'd bought a house earlier in my life Mm -hmm. because I was 55. I wish I could have bought something earlier because now I still have house payments and I won't be through with those till I'm 79. Mm -hmm. And I wish, you know, that I didn't have a mortgage, but it is what it is. And You know, if I were to move, and I think another thing, you have to look at the real estate market and how prices are, because I'm from Atlanta originally. And if I moved back to Atlanta right now, which I have thought about because I had family there, if I sold my house and moved to Atlanta, I could not buy, I couldn't afford the same type of house that I have now, I mean, no, it's right. way out not. of price, and so for me, I might as well just stay put in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you uh-huh. all.
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, everybody. Uh
8: huh. Yes.
3: Um, so, we have Har- You have two hands of people who haven't spoken yet. Just yep. so you know.
1: Go for it. Go for it. Go we for have it. Harvey
3: Miller. Should we get to Pam while we wait for her? Um,
11: yeah,
1: let's get let's get Pam. To Pam. Harvey, may, we're coming back.
11: You may unmute. Yes. Thank you. Um, I, I'm not going to argue pro or con about uh, the, the merits of homeownership or rental, uh, but I am a regular renter. Um, Thank goodness, a regular renter. Um, When it was necessary um, for me to move out of, my family's house. And this was a number of years back. Um, I did look at at least one, um, subsidized or at least partially subsidized, um, place. And these were high rises. You don't have your own washer dryer, all that kind of stuff. You, you know, you, um, You lose a lot of independence when you do that. And a lot of those um, are not in a really safe part of town. So you've got that to contend with. But the point is, um, I'm in a regular apartment and oh, I've been through it all as far as um, things that were not accessible, not so much appliances, but all the documents, all the paperwork I had to sign. um, And I didn't have a computer back then. So that was another thing. And um, I had a family member that did something that truth be told was probably illegal, but he got away with it. He co-signed my lease unbeknownst to me, never asked me, never you know. No. Uh, six years later, I found out, and by then, well, I was in a situation I was going to have to move again. And so, um, what I do want to say though is that you were talking about have someone with a good pair of eyes look at a place with you. That is true to a point because what you also need to do is in addition to having a sighted person go through an apartment or a house with you you need to do your own exploration Uh, point being uh, the sighted person is only going to show you what he or she thinks is relevant and We were looking around, and I thought that uh, my kitchen was going to have a lot of counter space, a lot of cabinet space, a lot of storage, a lot of this. Well, what I didn't realize, and part of it's because I was in a state of shock when I found out I was going to have to move again. Part of it was we were backtracking. And for whatever reason, I didn't realize that. So she... She le- Well, I go back, I come back, and I'm just looking around on my own, and I'm starting to bring some stuff over. Long mm-hmm. story behind that. And that is when I discovered that my counter space was almost exactly the same size as my microwave. Why? Oh, okay where am i going to put my toaster oven my coffee maker i mean small appliances yes well finally i did discover that there's kind of a pantry thing and it has uh, a shelf in there with an electrical outlet behind it and you can put some small appliances there and I just leave the pantry doors open when I'm using those appliances. But um, there is, as much as you need uh, a sighted person to go through a place with you, you really need to do your own exploration because there are going to be some things that sighted person isn't even thinking about, like your appliances. Where, Where is this going to go? Where is that going to go? so um uh, at least where I live now, other than the fact that my countertop still is almost exactly the same size as my microwave <laughs> um, mm-hmm. i've I've had a very good experience uh living here the um uh, management has been good uh working with me when things needed to be worked with um but yeah, I think
2: well, there are pros and cons to all of all of these. Yeah, and, and we all have to make decisions uh, about things. Few decisions are more important than your housing. It, Absolutely. It, it, it impacts I you agree with on that. Every, every level. The other thing right. is, when you talked about a blind person really ought to, it's great to have that sighted person there to tell you about things like, are there water stains on the ceiling you know things right. like that that you're yeah. not going to be able to touch or experience yourself right um, right uh, that you do get as engaged as possible in uh experiencing them as much about the place as you can
4: Absolutely. So don't let
2: somebody look out a window and mm-hmm. tell you uh there's a side yard that's not enough right. information how no. wide is the side yard yes. um is is there a fence that separates me from my uh, yeah. neighbor over there uh, yeah, your privacy right. is an issue where you live oh and yes. so that requires um some site help to know what those site they don't call them sight lines for nothing uh, right. <laughs> that requires some sites to to determine also I mm-hmm. would think. That to some degree, uh, one of our earlier callers talked about uh, the mail room, right, where you pick up your mail. Yes. um, Being able to to determine which is your box, but even more important than that is which are my packages these days.
11: Oh, yeah. They're not
2: going in the box.
11: No. Absolutely. uh,
2: And (laughs) there's also this this. issue of where do I get rid of my trash?
11: Oh, yes.
2: Uh, that that oh, matters. Right. Oh, it does. Uh-huh. It, it matters a lot. So when renting, there are the downsides. When renting, there are the upsides. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes. And the same thing is true for home ownership. Uh,
4: mm-hmm.
2: I didn't mention earlier that uh, when it came to living in a condo. Um the neighbors are awfully close. <laughs> okay. just exactly. On the other side of that wall and just uh, above your head or whatever. And uh-huh. they are not going to be the same neighbors you're going to see next year. Those right. people are going to come and go much more quickly yep. than your neighbors in a neighborhood
4: in a house where they so are no homeowners
2: question. like you are. Um, mm-hmm. I had this one experience with a lady across the hall. Uh came and pounded on my door and I opened it, and there was a woman there in pants and a bra holding a oh, frying pan on fire, oh no, with a burn up her arm oh all, all I got was fire, fire, so I said, put it down, she put it down, and I got oh, something no. to smother it, right? just uh uh-huh. and did that, got her into the apartment. Neighbors came out and they gathered about, saying, "Who burned who?" Anyway, anyway, they ended up um, oh. that must burn been, mark
1: must, in the Must carpet, have been them. Must have been them. Blind people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh no! <laughs> that burn mark from that frying pan was right outside my door for three years. Uh-huh. Oh my! Because that was community space. Right, it wasn't in yeah. my unit. Yeah. It was community space, and I could not get the homeowners, you know, the con. Pro- no, the property
11: uh, managers. Property
2: yeah. managers, because condos are almost always run by property managers in some fashion. Um, not always. Sometimes it's you know the association of owners, but mm-hmm. a big portion of condos are rented out so the people in them are not the owners of them right they're being treated like apartments and i don't have a problem with that but you just have to know what you're getting into you have to go in with if you're going to live there it's worth putting time and energy into finding out all the ins and outs ups and downs associated with it Mm
3: -hmm. paul you're at five minutes to
11: nine.
1: Uh, yep, Ms. Pam. Thank you very much for your call.
11: Thank you. Great call.
2: Uh-huh. Did, uh huh. Did what's his name get unmuted
9: yet?
3: What's his name? Har- Doug. Harvey.
2: Mister Miller. Harvey. Harvey. He's, Harvey
11: he's
3: unmuted. We just don't know if he's loud still. Harvey. Mister Miller.
2: Unmuted.
1: You got you got about two minutes, sir. Night,
2: David. I wanted Maybe. to hear so, what he had to say.
1: Miss Marianne, any 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 last comments before we wind this down?
3: No, I I um <clears throat> I think a townhouse is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> <It> might be. <laughs> my last home was a uh, before this was a end unit townhouse, and I'm mm-hmm. ready for that again.
4: <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I
2: believe you. That. that 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 sounds like Nirvana to me. Yeah. Um, but my household. It has um, grown leg leg problems, yeah, right. so when we retire, we have to go to single floor living. and right. that means in right. a, a major metropolitan outs. area, you're not going to find it here.
4: Right.
2: You're going to have to go to the burbs to find ranch mm-hmm. style homes because mm-hmm. property was less expensive out there when they built them. And here property was still expensive even before this house was
4: built. But
12: can I just I really add in it is a well, it's well oh. worth it's well worth making the difference, especially when you are looking at starting to age to be able to be on one level and in your own home. Mm-hmm. I think can is very often the ideal. It I, I yep, agree, I I agree with for us, you. I know that. Yep. I,
2: so my final comment here, Paul, is Please note that 99% of the issues associated with housing are shared by people with disabilities and people without disabilities. Cost is huge, um, location is huge, um, the surrounding environment, uh, transit, those kind of things, all are huge. But there are a couple things that are very specific to blind people. the the accessibility of the process of renting and the process of buying, and for that matter,
4: the amount of control you can have over the environment you live in.
1: Next week, uh, we are going to, I think, continue this and do the other half, apparently. Uh, and and talk about subsidized housing we we will probably i mean I will put another topic in there, but I suspect we'll probably end up spending most of our time um, talking about that because there are a bunch of issues that operate it's not only um, a, a question of how people find out about subsidized housing is that is the whole process accessible but it's also uh what are the requirements that subsidized housing needs to abide by in terms of meeting the needs of people with disabilities, and how are they doing with them? So there are a lot of questions that I think we we will find to discuss next week having to do with subsidized housing. and Miss Marion, thank you so much for you're your very involvement
3: welcome. you're very
1: welcome. we tr- We truly appreciate. We will look forward to having you act as our host next week, if you're minded.
3: I will be there. Thank you.
1: Excellent. And Mr. Bryan, as usual, we will see you soon. I thought we might do a Labor Day show, but we may do that post Labor Day. Yep. I think maybe so. All right. Everyone, Good night, housing all. is not easy. Um, But if you have a roof over your head, it's certainly better than the alternative, which we may also talk a little bit about next week, which is homelessness. Good night, everyone.